You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. We're back. With the uh, Critical Commentary Watch Long Podcast of the Riverdale gang, uh, recorded here on the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Uh, we are clo- your uh, hosts, your your, your <laughs> Chloe hosts, <laughs> your, uh, your co-Chloe your hosts. Make sure we have Ryan in there, too, with the eye. Uh, yep. Or you, Chloe and Ryan. You know us by now, I assume. It's episode eight of season six. Yeah, hopefully you're listening because you've been listening to us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if not, welcome. It's weird. I, speaking of which, though, <laughs> if you have been listening to our show... Even if it hasn't been from the beginning, but perhaps especially since it, if it's been since the beginning, thanks for sticking with us. Oh all yeah, this long time. Um, this <laughs> has been such a ride, and I also think that Ryan and I have grown as people. Like I think I would probably cringe if I went back and listened to our season one commentary or season two commentary. Of this yeah, show, we so don't need to do that. We don't need to do that, and hopefully you can neither if you of want, us will but... become famous enough that it will suddenly get dug out of the archives. And well, well here's it's the thing: it's actually not smart, that bad. Smart, I just. <laughs> All the, just all the smart, as a famous people rant at length on podcasts now. That's true. That's This is a normal way of existence. We just waited it out, Chloe. I or guess were we so. trendsetting? <laughs> Who can say? Now we'll work on the fame <laughs> and glory. Hi, gang. Hi. Superheroes. Yeah, what? What's... What? Uh, I'm really yep. enjoying this Percival character. He reminds me so much of a character, like the evil version of a an angel character from a book that I don't recommend anyone read. It has not aged well. I'm never going to reread it. Um, where an angel just turns up in this small British town dressed in a nice suit, except he's benign. Remind me of the um, non- non-recommended novel. Um, you know what? I'm actually staring at my bookshelf hoping that I'll remember. <laughs> it's a book. It's one of the novels by Charles Williams. Charles Williams was one of the Inklings, um, who, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, one of the people who hung out with like C.S. Lewis and um, uh, to- Tolkien at this um, pub in Oxford mm, called mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the Eagle and Child, nicknamed the Burden Baby. And Charles Williams was a very profoundly Christian man, and he basically wrote Christian supernatural thrillers. Oh, yeah. Which is a wild genre, <laughs> let me tell you. And he was also pretty anti-Semitic and pretty Islamophobic. And it's not... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These books are, are Christian in ways that I don't imagine most modern Christians would be jazzed about. Um, I'm not Christian. I can't comment on that. But, um, yeah, truly un- unnecessary reads... You don't need to read them. It's okay. But it does remind me of a character from one of these books. I read them as a teenager um, as sort of an adjacent supplement to Tolkien who, weirdly, like, you wouldn't think this for, like, an Oxford Don, a contemporary of Charles Williams, but, like, weirdly less racist. Hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's, it's so neat. The authors who we don't, who we haven't kept in 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 mind, um, both those for whom, the like... Tolkien's associates and contemporaries, those who maybe we could go back and enjoy now, and the many, many who've just fallen by the wayside. Yeah, I mean, I the the two most famous people from that group are definitely Tolkien and Lewis. Yeah. Um, Lewis also, like, you don't need to read past Voyage of the Dawn Treader in, in, in Narnia, also delves into themes we don't need to perpetuate and probably never <laughs> needed to be written about. Um, Lord of the Rings, weirdly, despite a couple of unfortunate moments, like, mostly has withstood the test of time. Very strange. Focusing on friendship, and we're not <laughs> talking about the Southmen. Yes, we're not talking about... <clears throat> oh, yeah, the South... Oh, well, never mind. I haven't reread them in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Uh, inherent racism. Riverdale acknowledges it again. Yeah. That's neat. That is neat. Let's see how they do. Um... Riverdale acknowledged a bunch of stuff that I didn't expect them to acknowledge uh, in in the most black, white, gray, monochrome shades superhero trope on trope yeah. way. And it is it is interesting to me that the political themes actually do really fit with the superhero genre. Oh yes, um, well that's yes. Which is something I never really think about in terms of the superhero genre, but like hmm. I think of like that moment from. And to be fair, this is mm-hmm. not a genre I know well, but I think of like, um, 
superheroes is defending the uh, the common man, to use an old-fashioned expression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anyway. The, that's what yeah, the, thought of. the socially engaged community superhero component, um, I think is, is really integral to a lot of waves and eras of that storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, like, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man was, that meant something very specific in the superhero game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, uh, I think in the early 90s, uh, a lot of what our current sort of um, uh, Justice Lens superhero stories, um, the roots in uh, characters like Green Arrow and Green Lantern, who would like have a very special AIDS episode functionally. Oh, um and there were a number of DC Comics and Marvel Comics that, that had these very um, contemporary moralis- moralizing um, approaches. Um, but also, uh, those comics capture something, a fascinating historical glimpse of the limits of, the, of awareness and compassion that existed in that time in Zeitgeist in, say... A couple of reasonably paid white co- uh, comic book writers, mm. male certainly, almost certainly at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting microcosm when we look at how issues like homelessness, issues like uh, HIV safety have aged in 30, 30-ish years. Um, but I th- I saw today in, in this episode um, symmetry to the 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 center left moral ideal hmm. if yeah. business leaders will each sponsor a tiny house will solve homelessness it's it's a black and white approach but mm-hmm. i mean in the context of what we know about riverdale's economy it actually makes quite a bit of sense it does and we're and we're, we are moving in a um a pastiche character box uh, like these are these are exaggerated caricature characters, and yeah, they can make that really lovely ideal work. Um, and mm-hmm. we see uh, often in the in different iterations of Bruce Wayne and Batman um, that you know Batman beats up some some criminals, but then he also funds an orphanage. Yeah, um, yeah. There's that's interesting. Um. It walks a line of exploring systemic struggles while also embracing within system attempts to solve those struggles. Um, there's something, I, I think there's a long history of superheroism being that sort of center left liberal progressive conversation, especially in the pop, in the pop stream. Yeah, which is what's so interesting about um, uh, offerings like Superman Red Sun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Because I think there's also a certain amount of like all Americanness. Superman uh, Red mm-hmm. Sun is uh, an imagined version of Superman where Superman uh, landed in the Soviet Union instead yeah. of in the uh, the United States, and it's a very um, uh, tropey but fun and wonderful um, read if anyone's interested in it. It's fantastic deconstruction of a lot of what. What 50s Superman was. Yeah, exactly. Golden Age and earlier Superman really, really established as. Yeah. Especially. And there's such an, there's like a very all-American quality to mm-hmm. to superheroes. I think even of um, comedic moments like when, uh, I think it's Ant-Man is watching Captain America and he sees him from like the back and he says, that really is America's ass. You know what I yep, mean? Yep, yep, Like even, even little sort of humorous moments like that, there's this reaffirmation that um, superheroes represent American values. Yes, 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 and very much. what I'm actually thinking now that I'm sitting here mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're having this conversation is, there's a quality to the Archie Andrews in this show mm-hmm. that I think is intentional now that I'm saying it aloud, but I could be wrong. Because it's a retro character, there's this a little bit of like George Bailey kind of throwback. Let's go solve this outside. Let's go solve. Solve means go have a fist fight? No, no, I'm 
actually thinking oh. of um, I'm <laughs> the thinking, other aspects of George Bailey. Yeah, <laughs> I don't actually remember any fistfights. George Bailey and any having a fistfight. Wait, is that It's a Wonderful Life? Yes, it is. I'm mixing my my black and white memories again. That's Back okay. to you, Chloe. <laughs> That's okay. Um, George, where George Bailey. Um, um, and this is a movie, you know, um, It's a Wonderful Life was produced mm-hmm. and created by Republicans at the time, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the political orientations in the United States used to be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do see this, like, small town hero belief in the in the working mm-hmm. class possibility of being safe if you have somewhere what is it george bailey says if you if is it is it so wrong that they want to die within three decent walls and a bath or something and three decent mm. rooms and a bath something like that mm-hmm. um some principles of individual dignity dignity yeah and so i uh i am interested in the idea that that's sort of a retro mm-hmm. aspect of this show yes that that like um that centrist values in the united states used to be very focused on on assuring that everybody had that level of dignity and, and ensuring that collectively as a group Americans did well. Right, right. There's there's yeah, that mm, the era play of Riverdale potentially as a way to, to yeah. as as capturing some of that that changing moral definition. Yeah. Centering. Especially with Archie as a vet, you know, like movies like It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. um, came out during or directly after the war, mm-hmm. or the Second World War. Um and there was a lot of, you know, a lot of the make work projects were uh, not make work projects. In, excuse me. I'm um, I'm thinking of like in, the like the apartment building I live in. What is this? What is this called? Infrastructural projects. There were infrastructural projects made specifically uh. to support veterans. Um, um, like apartments that were four bachelors returning home from the oh, war. Oh, right, right. I, yeah, I'm so. I, I, I don't I'm not sure what word you're going for. Yeah, I don't. But I, I don't think make work projects is strictly wrong in that there was there are stretches of time where we invest specifically to hire and engage our workforce as a state or government. That's that's historic practice. That's you know what just, I'm, th- I'm thinking of? Um, I'm think I think I'm thinking of the twenties. Make work projects in the twenties, which um, my great grandparents' home was a make work project in the twenties. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the, the changing moral center of America and the superhero charting of and Archie Andrews in particular. Um, yeah, I was so struck by how um, black and white on off violent this Archie was. This is yeah. this is um, you know we've seen a more articulate Archie than this. We've mm-hmm. seen a more nuanced Archie than this. Um, but this Archie right now has been given the hammer and is seeing all the nails. Yeah. Um, and He's seeing red. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. This, in this, I'm also seeing and hoping they explore um, components of, the, of nationalism and authoritarianism that are mm. often uh, bone-deep baked into superhero structures. Uh Again, Bruce Wayne. Again, uh, Superman. There's yeah. there's a lot of great breakdowns of the flaws in that. Um, the entire Marvel universe. Uh, Captain America: Civil War is a fantastic critique of state Overwatch, and yet was st- still propagandically supported and entrenched in in uh, part of national myth storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. Quite, I, yeah. We've got a long running history of of to work off of it's for this true. arc. We've got yeah. a lot. I mean, even in the more modern stuff like Scarlet, the Scarlet Witch one, um, the Wandavision. Yes. Um, there's like the the big bads who want to take her town away from her. Of course, she's having a trauma response, and there's all sorts of other uh, yes. commentary. But there's like evil government. And it's the renegades mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within, like, evil government that try and oh, yes. assist her. Like, the renegade. Cat, cat yes. Dennings. Yes. Well. As an example. Yes. <laughs> Great use of Cat Dennings. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, other weird stuff this episode. Uh, we thought that Jughead had just told Tabitha that he could read my... Feels like something you should tell your partner. Yeah, didn't... I, loving I could have sworn the last episode he ended saying I'm psychic or something to that effect. Yeah, were were you just thinking? <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, how does he reel that back? I guess he does. Or maybe, maybe you said you were talking to yourself. Maybe I didn't hear you again. <laughs> I don't know. 
maybe uh, it's just a stupid pipeline issue where the last editor didn't know that was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. There's more There's more continuity than that. Give them some credit. But also, um, yeah, I was jarred by that as well. Um, yeah, and the fact that... Percival... And then Archie suddenly knows. Well, no, I mean, he tells Archie. Well, does he tell... When does he tell Archie? He, he shows Archie. He shows Archie and then he, like, he says, like, we really, we seriously need to talk. And then we see, oh, yeah, that is weird. Mm-hmm. That is weird that there it's was like, a gap there. But um, I, it's interesting that Percival knows. Yes. And I feel like Percival <laughs> has given them these superpowers. Because mm. didn't he show up, like, right after the explosion? He did. I feel like he's giving them the superpowers in a long-term effort to control them. I'm going to posit more of a, an opportunistic parasite coming to feed on the freshly discovered superpowers, a la, um, again, WandaVision, uh, Egg the Harkness. Mm. I smell cl- chaos magic. I want that. Yeah. That's interesting. Which is a fine motivation. Um, so Pickens' ancestor is uh, participated in genocide of uh, the local First Nations people. Good yeah. good little fact drop there. Maybe we just called it, as we should. <laughs> yeah. Unsurprised. Yeah. So we're acknowledging we, 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 the movie. But, we, but we, um, we knew that already. Like that got, remember there was that, there was a... I remember the protest. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm glad we and were the visiting statue. it. Yeah, we're yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. I'm, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like th- that's been so on oh. ice. That that plot has been on ice for so long. And so, hang on. Pickens the, is like the malevolent colonial legacy. Yeah. Like personified. Yeah. That's an interesting ghost with a British accent. In order to offset it, I know, I know. I also drew direct connection to the character Kilgrave uh, from the Jessica Jones series, Netflix show, and comics. Which I've never seen. Um, uh, A favorite of mine as far as superhero TV shows in that it is very focused on trauma recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that that lens of superheroism, superheroism almost through an addiction lens, which uh, we haven't really seen. We haven't really seen superhero as as trauma recovery in this show. Yet. Uh, yes, yet I think there might be some potential with Betty, but I think they're sticking to bigger, blunter. Um, arcs at the moment at least as they as they slow boil us into this mm-hmm. but um jessica jones is about a, a woman with uh, super strength who what uh was um enslaved basically by a man whose uh superpower is whatever he says you do mm. wow mm-hmm. and um very much pickens he mm. he talks he tells people to do horrible things and in increasingly complicated ways like do horrible things after this trigger and um oh interesting wow and it it uh it really is a pull it there's a big free what free will question theme going on but also the um the 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 artistic metaphor i guess of uh Trauma, trauma is a loss of control issue, um, mm. or that aspect of recovery and pain and damage and healing, um, quite, uh, quite lovingly uh, fleshed out with superheroes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, I gotta see it. People love that show, but, um, but yeah, that's interesting. You, I remember you noticed. I, sorry, I noticed that you said that as we were watching the episode just yeah. now. Like Kilgrave, and I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> I mean, also, also Satan vibes, like as as you called, also big Satan vibes. Yeah, it really has big a. Satan it vibes. really has an evil. It really has like an evil angel. Mm-hmm. Um, vibe. This character to me, he's very clean. He's also very. Let me encourage your worst impulses. Yeah. Let me lean into the darkness of you. Oh. Speaking of leaning into the darkness, Veronica and Reggie. 
Yeah. Before we move on, because Betty, who does not really appear in this episode. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean, I hope that that actor had something else to go film, I, or some, some good reason to not yeah. be in the episode, because we like the character, obviously. Um, week off? Week off, yeah. That's a great reason. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'm interested. Ha ha, yeah, so the casino can't run legitimately, huh? It's like the system's broken or something. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, Veronica's morals, moral convictions were sure flexible. Um, <laughs> but I guess she's still trying to do good, but it, it's now good within the Bruce Wayne superhero scale of world good. Yeah, also, I wonder if... Pickens is sorry. What? Yes. If also, you hadn't spent two million dollars having your dad hit, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of liquid capital. Yeah. And then, then the Russian died anyway. So like, get it back. I don't know. Loot his corpse. I guess it doesn't all work like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen with them. Um, I was a little uh, disturbed by my lack of warning about the uh, mm-hmm. content notice for a hanging death in um Yep, always jarring. Episode. Um, but I did think it was interesting. I was waiting for the third Pickens thing. I guess mm. the first thing was the article. So article, yep. doc, and uh, the, suicide. the suicide. Well, does the article... The article isn't a power use, though. But I guess it does tie into uh, Jughead, I see you in my mind, kind of encou- power trip encounter. Oh. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's mm. true. Anyway, it'll be exciting, exciting to see what we have. The CM next pass. And um, also, Britta has an adventure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God, we forgot about Britta. Should we talk through that? So, Nana Rose is wildly disloyal, question mark? I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. <sighs> Cheryl is lost in her own mind as a witch inhabits her body. Cool. Yeah, I also don't know if Cheryl's actually back at the end of this episode. I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. Unclear. Although I... I... I, I, I just don't think Abigail would go mm, quietly. I don't... Mm, I, di- I do like the idea of Cheryl and Britta working from a place of we got nothing against the well-established witch now. Like, that's a dynamic I think I'd like to see more of as a, as a growing B, BC plot for a while. Oh, sure. It was, yeah, yeah. It was pretty A-plot this time. That's true. It was mm. pretty A-plot. Um, Natalie Bolt, by the way, just terrifying. Oh, uh, so good. Natalie Bolt. Gorgeous character work. Like, a caricature of yourself. What a brilliant use of that performer. Um, she's, she has also directed some episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic artist who I'm glad to see is, um, ensconcing herself in this creative team in Circle. Yeah. Should we jump in, Ryan? I think I'm ready to jump in now. All right. We got the Badoom queued up, Chloe? We sure do. Um, if you're ready, Riverdale gang, please, uh, queue up your own Badoom. Badoom with us in three... Two, one, ba-doom-ba. And then a bad sound happens. Last time on Riverdale. Oh yeah, Kevin's a cop now? Yeah. And also, thank yes, Riverdale, the cops are a force of gentrification who remove the homeless. <laughs> that is a thing that literally happens daily or weekly here in Vancouver and most major cities yeah hey relevant so he can't hear anything mm-hmm. let me just make sure i have the rules right he can't hear anything mm-hmm. can he read lips i th- i think just minds yeah like, so, he didn't gain a lip reading superpower i guess so i don't why wouldn't you tell your partner that oh, okay Am I a bad person for lying to her? Yes. To everyone? Eh, meh, meh. <laughs> Although, bad person for telling her last out of your friends, <laughs> including your ex? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, definitely. I feel like maybe it's time that, <sighs> yes. 
So are Frank and Alice a couple? That sure looks cozy. Yeah. But also Pickens flirts with Alice, so who knows? Yes. But maybe that's just Pickens doing his Pickens thing. Great shirt and pants on Reddy. Very good. Great Reggie in general. Um, Exasperated Reggie. Snakes all over that collared shirt that she's wearing. I didn't notice that the first time. (laughs) Our pinks and blues are really back with a vengeance, hey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. The color scheme is... The color scheme is solidly Riverdale this time. We... we, uh, Kevin. Our utter lack of culture in the performing arts. Kevin's like, yeah, I know. Kevin, you are... You are going to be obliged to arrest men for doing things you used to do you used to do in the woods. It, I'm warning you now. Yeah. Probably still do in the Good God. This is a bad choice, Kevin. Yeah, he's not gonna enjoy it. <laughs> Archie is so angry. So he can't hear what Archie just said. You're right. But he could, okay. he could, he could okay. think what he just said, right? Why would you publish something like this? But why? But I'm mm, the rules of Jughead's um, journal journalistic ethics. No, the rules of Jughead's uh, mind reading paired with not oh. being able to hear, <laughs> right? Feel fuzzy to me. They certainly haven't shown us the barriers or limits in any way. Uh, when I certainly expected them to, I think you called it at the town hall that like, hey, that would be kind of hard with single thread mind reading yeah. to follow. Yeah, good costume uh, and good hair on Britta. I love a disheveled Nana Rose, Grandmistress Rose. Great character bit again for her. Yeah. So so ready to dismiss with. Her just, what is this? Is your last living family member? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, I also. <laughs> what are you doing, Nana? Imprisoned in a kind of mental jail. Like whose fault is that, <laughs> Nana? Come on. You are not Yoda here, Nana. Yeah. Maybe she's just. Ooh, excuse me. Maybe she's just a true neutral where she's like, okay, well, I did that. Now let's see what happens now. I guess that's neutral chaotic. Yeah, that's neutral chaotic. Yeah. Um, well, Although Blossom's being fundamentally chaotic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that um, doesn't throw me. <laughs> how, do that, how does that rubric work? It's lawful through chaotic? Lawful, chaotic, good, neutral, evil. Ne- true neutral is the center. Right. Dungeons so, and Dragons. Chaotic, neutral... Lawful. No, it's uh, it's two dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. So you're cha- you're chaotic and neutral and uh, lawful there, and evil. But if you're a true neutral, it means lawful you're neutral on both. Lawful and chaotic, good and evil. Yeah. Okay. Cheryl's in a dystopian magnification of her childhood with great costumes. Oh my gosh, these costumes and wild hair. I am. Um, this is this is really creepy. This is one of the yeah. creepier creations of Riverdale, and and that's there's stiff competition. <laughs> yeah. Also, oh. I liked that the those look awfully like my grandmother's uh, old teacups. I'm oh. sure they're not the only teacups <laughs> that were made like that in existence. Um, but they got the the dates about right. Yeah. Is what that tells me. Yeah. Set, nicely just... done set deck. This town full of people's worst impulses is uh, something. There's a moral statement. I don't disagree with any of it. I don't think it's wrong. It's quite simple, though, as presented on this screen. Yeah. Veronica. This sudden, like, prejudice that Alice has for specifically Veronica. Mm hmm. I feel like Alice is a very changeable character. Like, one second it's, mm-hmm. I care about the youth, and then one second it's, I care about being middle class. I I do suppose Hiram recently tried to blow Betty up. So that is a thing. I mean, fair. Uh, and, yeah. Like, there's, when, she seems fickle to me, too. But this is Riverdale. 
Yeah. Blood debts come and go weekly. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I would love, I wish I had a good enough eye to notice if it was the same extras every time. Hmm. At this town hall, like always the same people show up to the town hall, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, probably some. If only for efficiency. Nice, nice. I love how Abigail, who is like one of the original genociders, is like, eh, good point. Like, what the fuck? You don't get to... Sorry, that was extremely gratuitous swearing for her. Well, like, genocide. what the heck? You're not allowed to do that, Abigail. You don't get to smirk. Man. Pickens is so smarmily saying the quiet part out loud, too. Like... It's... It's... <laughs> It's a, it, it's a decent character. It's a good character. It's exposing a lot of societal weak points with blunt cartoonish simplicity. So what? <sighs> what I don't understand I here is what Pickens' motivation is. Like he's hiring it. He wants to take over everything. Fine, mm-hmm. but he's evidently like a ghost person. Um, which I just realized is a slur against white people in certain cultures. Is but it? Oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. Um, I'm not, Excellent. No, one, one, no one's honestly. upset. But literally a person who is a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, a non, not a human. Mm-hmm. Um, with no paper trail. With no paper trail. Mm-hmm. Why does he hate the homeless? Like, what's the motive? You know what I mean? Like, what's the motivation? Is he just like, I'm evil? That's like- our alarm, not yours, gang. Yes. Siren, siren, siren. Siren, siren, siren. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, like what, why, why, why is he specifically evil? What is in Riverdale that he wants? Why is he doing the masking his evil perfectly through liberalism thing? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Like, is it just, he's evil, so he hates people who are vulnerable. Like, what? Like, what's the deal? I like that Abigail brings gossip home and has continued to just treat Britta as her familiar. What like is this was inherited. With Cheryl's school while Abigail's here. Did Cheryl ever actually? Didn't she, didn't were there uh, classes? No, maybe he, there were. Maybe uh, I'm mixing up episodes. It's starting to get was a that fuzzy. Rivervale? Because I certainly Rivervale. remember seeing her teach classes, and not all in the past, but also there is that time where she was three eras of the same witch. Canon is blurry. Canon is blurry. Clearly the children aren't at risk right now or we would be using it. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, but she adopted Britta because Britta is from <laughs> Riverdale High. Mm-hmm. Wait, was Jughead wearing a Superman sweatshirt in I, that flashback? I didn't catch that. Mm. But that definitely was an attempt to remind us of Jughead's the homeless experience, which is wild because they gave us a fabulous, interesting homeless jughead at the be- in season one. And then like four years later, they circled b- back and it's, I find it, I find it a little wildly cartoony, their sketch alley here. Oh yeah. It's, I, I mean, I've never had the experience of being unhoused, but it's, this seems completely phony to me. Yeah. It's quite. It's quite a cartoon. Um, there's a Hudson's Bay item in the background of that shot, Mm-mm. which is not something probably American viewers notice. There's a bunch of Vancouver creep in the theme and episode, and and like contemporary civic issues. There's a bunch of Vancouver creep. Oh yeah, that Ooh. was that was something we actually wanted to bring up. We'll talk mm. over this little moment that Britta's having where she sets herself an alarm. She's doing some um, magic and drugging, drugging. The adult. Yeah, these issues of um, uh, I, I'm thinking like eight things right now. <laughs> the conversation of what to do about our large unhoused population in Vancouver is a very current one. Mm-hmm. And when I say what to do about, I'm speaking with the voice of someone who is not me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. A, yeah, a public framing that exists here right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. That 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 echoed familiar. Um, in particular, the um, the crime and safety rhetoric, um, yeah. which is not at all common, but 
uh, or uncommon, which is not at all uncommon strategy, but um, is a specific strategy of specific city councillors in Vancouver right now targeting encampments at specific name parks, like real individual places with people. Yeah, um, and I there's obviously our um, oh, our municipal government is very resistant to building social mm. housing or single SRO housing that would do essentially what these tiny homes are doing in mm. in this in this show, um, and uh, I I'm intrigued by the fact that this show shot in Vancouver where these creators live. Mm-hmm. For large chunks of the year, in order to shoot this the season, mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by the fact that this has gotten into the show. I wonder if it's intentional. Yes, and we might also be bubbling like this. This might just be wider zeitgeist right now, wider world issue. Like it is obviously, um, but the flavor yeah. and the inroad and the way we're inspecting this story do feel feel like they're informed by something real and local. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I like seeing, I hope, I'm projecting maybe, I like seeing the influence of the, the, the sh- where is being shot, where this is being made in the, in the fiber of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right down to the writing and the morals and whatnot. Such morals, speaking of, yeah, Veronica. be less illegal. No loopholes, less illegal. Scams? Scams are default? I mean, yes, but... I don't know. But, God, Veronica. So you were doing the Wolf is, Wolf, She-Wolf of Wall Street, Street Illegal Insider Trading things that you got caught doing, or what? Yeah, like, say? <laughs> Yeah, it is uh, interesting. I wonder how intentional it is, this, like, half-covered-up Hiram. Mm. His little face peeking out with a fully revealed Veronica on the other oh, wall. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's I think that's very, very intentionally staged. Uh, I think it's a great shot. Uh, also, who's looking over whose shoulder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reggie's going to try to make it work. Going to try. But also, they're really, like taken the step from money crime to body crime real quick. <laughs> I guess yeah. Veronica's already done that step, but arguably reasons. This man did nothing. Sorry, may I call you Alice? Is it a flirt? What are you doing? Maybe he's taking over her brain and this is sort of what it looks like on the outside when you don't know. Yeah, maybe knowing, maybe him knowing the first name matters. Maybe I'm reading too deeply into this. Who can say? I mean, it's that's what we do here, right? That's what we're here for. And now that we're in superhero colors, everything is on the table. There is nothing unreasonable. If Starro comes down and brainwashes them and they have a group brawl, then I, <laughs> yep, that's another week in Riverdale now. Also, I love how this is supposed to be, like, more family-friendly. No. And the poster from a distance is looking... What? No. Oh, no, there's an unfortunate racial stereotype on that billboard. Abalonium? Oh, oh wow. No. Oh, dear. This is not the right choice, Veronica. Y'all. <laughs> okay. Well, we all know this isn't going to work. Well, uh, Atlantic City's not a great idea either. Perhaps not. Perhaps. Perhaps. Lots of broken people. Uh, I have never set foot inside a casino. Have you? Oh, a number of times, yes. Are they fun? What's the deal? What are they like? They are uh, an environmental experience. Um, Okay. They are uh, very encompassing, designed to feel like you're stepping into a very different sensory world and experience immediately, and quite cocooned in it. Um, this is achieved with volume, design, lighting, ambience, um, and often an intentional sense of timelessness is created um, of oh, external wow. stimulation, disengagement, thinking in maybe a calculating numeric way, but barely, and uh, automation um, from pachinko parlors in Japan to Vegas to right here in Vancouver. I. I have consistently found the the vibe is very much a 
uh, a turn off your brain wonderland. That's interesting. It sort of sounds a little like a strip club, which oh, I've, I've been in a couple. Yes, not remotely, not remotely different. Um, huh. Different, uh, different that approaches. Sense of timelessness. I never know how long. Like I've only been to two or three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a similar sense of I don't know how long I've been here. Yeah, and that's interesting. And by design, by by structural design. Um, I can certainly see the appeal. Like, there was something neat about buying a cigar and smoking it on the floor in Vegas. Oh, There is, there, there are beats of, um, ledger and history and pop culture referentialism. And there is a type of deeply indulgent, uh, experience that is made affordable, almost, in, hmm. in casinos, in, in many casinos, like, um, they have the budget to ape luxury more effectively than most places that ape luxury for, for the cost of your patronage. Interesting. And things like free drinks don't hurt with the gambles. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. In, in, yeah, in, in Vegas, at most of the major casinos, if you are sitting at a machine or at, uh, at a table and playing, uh, you will be served free drinks. They'll be very watered down. And oh, weak. my God. But there are, there's host staff who are dedicated to intoxicating you. I see. Yep. Casinos. Scams. They do offer entertainment, escape, and economic activity, and also I don't actually know what the alternative is because prohibition sure certainly doesn't work. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that gambling, and certainly I don't think drinking or any hmm. drug really should be illegal. Um, but I, uh, I there's something sort of there's like a deep capitalism about casinos that I find yes. really unappealing maximum exploitation we're just talking through this scene i don't care about these two men talking at each other i'm sorry they're they're <laughs> you might is one of them a man it he is important not even be human he's certainly <laughs> played by a human male <laughs> they're having a big ego bump off yeah and uh, about blunt simplistic morals cool sure Fair. um bingo halls bingo halls are my ideal gambling they seem a lot more benign, truly. Um, th- yeah. They they serve a lot of the psychological escapist and uh, and um, disengaging and little endorphin hits of little reward, hope and chance. Um, but they also really facilitate social activity, which is definitely not well mm, arguable with casinos. Arguable. I certainly don't enjoy seeing strangers, but I will have fun with the people I brought with me. Sure. I think that holds true in so many social situations. No, point, point. <laughs> Not for you specifically, but well, for, for one me specifically in the world. Well, but yes, um, um, this is oh. not the vibe I get in the bingo halls. Do you recognize the alley? I recognize the houses to one mm. side of that alley, and I don't know if it's just because the lower mainland of BC looks like itself <laughs> everywhere, really. But have I been here? Something about this is really familiar all of a sudden. Just remember, it's probably Langley. It's probably the suburbs. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have. It's been a long time since I've been out to Langley, but I do. Um, I've certainly been to the suburbs. So this dog. That has happened. Got a whole second episode. Yeah. Wonder if he's local. I, I assume. He does. He he didn't pop like many of the one-off characters for me. Mm, well, he is a caricature in some mm. ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. That there's there's a great deal put upon him. Yeah. Uh, I, for strictly legit, it's going to be impossible to turn a profit. It's almost like the idea of profit is broken. <laughs> in case you're wondering what my politics are. Turn a profit, not meet your needs, sustain, grow forever like Rome. This, listen, this, um, attache. This, this extra who gets to, an, an attache, <laughs> yes, who gets to wear this wonderful suit and deliver a few lines. Yes. Yes. That's, yeah, also, yeah, the jarring, just, just slow shot of 
Yeah, uh, all we needed was the feet, Riverdale. Like, you don't need to be explicit about a suicide mm-hmm, death. Mm-hmm. We're good. Everyone's good. Indeed. You know, I was... Um, another another show that um, dealt with, at some point, uh, a death by suicide and hanging. Um, mm-hmm. Reservation Dogs. Hmm. And I... I still haven't seen it. I bring it up in context for being a young focus show um, mm-hmm. about social issues that explores a lot of social issues, um, a comedy, but very, very much more an authentic comedy rather than the 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 circus game of Riverdale. Um, and I also remember being really thrown by the presence, uh, the, the amount of visibility of bodies. Um, the scenes, the the signs, the framing—they were—they were, they were um, not dissimilar in, in what was shown, how it was shown. Um, although, in this case, it's a nameless one-off person rather than something of emotional resonance. I'm spiraling into my representations of hanging gang. <sighs> there are so many to compare and so much going on. I think I'm trying to make an observation about the um, the inherent jarring nature of that and that I've seen empathetic and, and mindful examples be just as explicit yeah. um, which, and noting the difference, but also that I am still slapped in the face by the, the presence. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm mostly like... Slapped in the face. Huh? I like Penelope's um, caricature. I do think that I'm... Sensitive in particular to hanging deaths for reasons that mm-hmm. I don't feel like going into. Um, so uh, they really catch me off guard when I am mm. surprised by them. Probably to a, a greater extent than maybe other people. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's um, it's something that could have used a trigger warning, gang. I I mean, or yeah, a different know. a different shooting. Oh, we just needed I, I guess, the feet. I knew, I knew what had happened. Yeah, you know, we just needed the feet. This is really quite scary. Yeah, you know? he clocks Kevin real hard, and looks to be ready to finish him. Yeah. Wow. Alice, why are you like this? I like. Mm. This is all. This is who Alice is. This is all she knows to be. And yeah. I'm so sorry. That Tabitha has to sit on a council with her is all I can think. I know, it's a really strange, <laughs> and I don't know what Frank's doing either, because Frank seems slightly less uh, delusional about the world than mm. Alice does. Well, but he was a hired mercenary yeah. while she was in the cult. Everyone's got trauma. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Listen, this diner is making this diner food look awfully good. They've, you know, that was an early critique, right? Jughead what? and food. We must lovingly appreciate the food. <laughs> They've upped yeah. their game since Tabitha's chocolate shop became the thing. Mm-hmm. Slow progress on Tony and the Crime Wave. Slow progress. Yeah. That pie. That pie looks good. There's that a cake over there. Yeah. Oh, it's set dressed to make us <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm pregnant, in case you didn't know Riverdale again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll bring it by my truck. This. So the so so easy solution to homelessness. On one hand, yes. Yeah. Um, there's a town in southern Alberta that did that. They did a homeless count and built a house for everyone, small ones, accommodations and. Gave it to them, and you know I don't know how it's progressed as a program because funding is not incons- is not consistent. But for that year, they solved homelessness in their small city. Yeah, it makes me think of there's a city, a relatively mid-sized city in Utah mm-hmm. that did the same thing, mm-hmm. um, and it was in it, like from the perspective of this municipal government, it was mm-hmm. more cost-effective to built yes. like house every single homeless person and um give them a social worker than it was mm-hmm. to pay for er visits yes. like it was not something motivated by goodness it was motivated by money <laughs> oh from, yes from uh, what i know have you have you been to alberta i love I mean, the landscape and oh i mean i was talking about <laughs> i was talking about utah but yep um, yep 
Same, samesies, I'm saying. It's, uh, the economic argument is often what sells tiny home arguments. Yeah. Um, but I also, but having said that, I would imagine the stuff that green lights projects like that is probably mm-hmm. money, but somebody with heart has to put that oh, forward. Yeah. Like, I, I don't mean to sound so cynical, but. Yeah. But I like to mix a little cynicism in with my optimism. It's nice to have a cocktail. Anyway. There's a lot of cynicism to be had, especially about apparent easy fixes of any sort whatsoever. Yes. Um, like I um, said, that town solved homelessness that year. Yeah. I don't know what it's like now, and there's no articles written about it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say here, though, is like as soon as Archie was like, well, put it in the parking lot so people know and like they feel no. integrated into town life. I was no, like, no. so you're going to put them on display? Like, don't make this about you, Archie. Mm-hmm. It's bad I enough mean, that you're giving people minimum dignity, calling oh, them mini houses. Did you notice there's a brain on the wall as he comes in? Oh. Oh, I well, see okay, the imagery. No, that, that tracks. I mean, <laughs> it tracks sense. for Kevin's he injury. He got brained. But also, like, mm-hmm. as he I comes see what's in. Going on there. But yeah. this, like, this is so, one, extraordinarily foolish. Like, mm-hmm. how could you be so foolish as to not expect that this would be defaced, one? And two, I don't know that it's... I, I just don't know that it's fair that as soon as mm-hmm. someone lives somewhere, you're then like, we built you a place, be in our... Com-. You know what I mean? Like, it's not supportive. There is no privacy, mm-hmm. necessarily, which is, you know, part of dignity. Yes, um, and even if it weren't, like, on display, like, it's a parking lot. That's not... Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it could be, like, it's it's hard to tell here if it's a space issue or if it's Archie mm-hmm. wanting to bring attention to his project. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, but uh, the fact that those are all parts of Archie's consideration yeah. that we can debate about are, like, already, already we've murkied... We've entered murky waters of yes. of, of good murkied. intent. I love that. We have murkied. Um, there is a, a helicopter landing on the uh, top of the hospital across the street. Just Sorry about the noise. In we're case you game. thought you were being buzzed. Yes. I was. I, I like to warn ambulances because uh, sometimes I'm driving and listening to this podcast, and it's, <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is I mm-hmm. like this seems like a decision that Archie is making on his own because it's his project. Yes. Rather than in consultation with people who are actually oh. going to be living in the houses. Oh yeah. And one hundred percent. Um, making a decision based on like their needs and wants. Oh, they demonstrated wonderfully how they walk into the place with, at, with a done deal project to recruit volunteer labor for. Yeah. That's not effective. They do say that you don't have... I feel like this is absolutely a Twilight reference, but I don't know why. <laughs> I but it's I almost, won't go hunt for the shot, but I believe you. It's you've almost used. like literally the same shot as when... I can't believe I know this reference, first of all. But when Edward, <laughs> like, saves Bella from getting smushed between the two trucks, and mm-hmm. he, like, holds the two trucks apart... Mm-hmm. It's it's almost the same it's almost the same truck. I think that's mm-hmm. why I'm so distracted by it. I mean anyway. That's certainly a superhero power show off moment. And this punch this truck punch moment uh was definitely a reminder of Archie's superpowers, I think, in yeah. a show that didn't center them. Or in an episode that, that isn't centering them. <sighs> yeah. Um but yeah, giving people a a, a a done deal to say yes or no to is is what we actually do a lot to people a lot a lot a lot. Yeah, and the, I mean it. All it communicates is that the the project is about the people who are helping and putting on a superhero cape, haha. Mm. Um, instead of the people who it's designed to support and uplift. Yeah. Which is not great. <laughs> that was a fun exchange. Uh-huh. It's Gandhi. <laughs> not much of a zigger. I mean, Gandhi was also a complicated human being. But yes. It's still a good zigger in this context. <laughs> in this conversation, I'm really, I'm enjoying Jughead situation, situating as, as, a, as the perspective, as the watcher, as the observer of, of this unfolding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which obviously, at, as they come together and form a superhero team, that all is according to plan and expectation. But, uh, yeah, this was a neat. Yeah, I, I expected this. The brain reading. 
you piece of garbage. Are you all right, Mr. And then, and then he tries to gaslight him. Uh, <laughs> but Jughead, you know you're psychic. Yeah. Also, Jughead <laughs> has been gaslit before. He knows how to manage it. It's all of this. Clever strategy, Britta. Um, I felt like I was in Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Um, with slightly... Actually, no, I just felt like I was in Sabrina. I liked it. Good job. Yeah. You've transported vibe. <laughs> yes. Also, you've reset to an actual teenager, so this helps. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Cheryl as the um, vivacious recently saved heroic adult i like that role she's not the spunky teenager anymore Hmm, she is power oh she looks so miserable and sad in this sailor's outfit madeline petch gets to do a fun range of looks and things all throughout this yeah this is a fun episode for her i would imagine i i imagine her and athlete bolt must have fun working together. Like, just they have yeah. such good performance character chemistry. Oh, I love this hairdo on Britta, by the way. I would love to learn how to do that mm. to myself. I do not know how to do it to myself, and this makes me sad. And then we get Penelope, but like other Penelope, like Coraline mom or something. Oh my god, I forgot about the mom and Coraline. Mm. Oh, Terry Hatcher. Mm. I should rewatch that movie. It's a fun one. Read the book to your to your spawn when it is old enough. I mean, is the book terrifying? Yes, more well, more than the film. More than the film. <laughs> um, I don't mind. I'm happy for my kid to read terrifying books, but maybe I don't need to read that. <laughs> read them terrifying books. I'll pick up your slack. Maybe I should be a safe space. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I will be scary, Uncle Ryan, with horror stories. That sounds fun. <laughs> I've memorized many horror podcasts for this moment. I'm going to reference this exact scene and performance of Penelope. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, her body language here. Just the physic the 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 puppety drawn exaggerated physicality That's she's true. punching. It's up. very like scary clown. I like it. This is good. This is good, Riverdale. You're making me say this is good. Yeah, this is great. Baffling. I I didn't know that hammers could be used as a beating, or hammers, hangers could be used as a beating tool. But yeah. of course anything can be. I'm, I'm also not acquainted with that very particular flavor of abuse, but not shocked. Yeah. Great, just costume change transformation, though. Like, we, we know Cheryl is in power when she's Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> So is she back at the end of the episode? I'm interested to see that scene again. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. She's wearing the same thing as this inner Cheryl. And Britta is not observing that. So this also like, yes, Archie. Oh, you're going to give up because one person didn't like a social housing project and tear down the houses. Yeah, this is weird. Weird vibes over here. Dumbass. (laughs) Well, we all know Ryan's sentiments on this one. (sighs) We'll repaint them and again and again as many times as we have to. But surprise, mm-hmm. Percival Pickens has... Where's the place that they did this? Exactly what he's talking Cal- about. I remember and people being sent to California. Like I, Oh, I, I mean, it may be a commonly used tactic, but I remember mm-hmm. I... One of my recently? Room, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just... I remember a roommate of mine saying that her... This was a long time ago. Her mm-hmm. boyfriend, the suburb that he was from, it was mm-hmm. illegal to be homeless. If you became unhoused, you were given a bus ticket and $100 mm. and you had to leave. Yep. Um, yep. Not uncommon. I'm sure it's common. Also, we explicitly bus people out beyond time Vancouver for the Olympics. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, and that I remember. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, and as, ex- as an ex- exceptional example of something that happens a lot more than... One might notice. Why? Why is he evil specifically, though? Like, what is... What oh, I have is, no idea. What's going on here? I do not know yet. And, you know, I don't care yet, because, actually, this is a nice little superhero team forming. Actually, no, please, please get Fred away. Please, please put Fred away. Please put him back. I mean... I don't need Fred here. I feel like if... Fred, Not Fred, Uncle Frank. I feel like if Frank is willing to 
have a conversation with his sweetie about her politics. Yes. The baby's day. Truth. Yes. But like, swap me and Betty. Give me, give well. me Veronica in, in her dawn suit. For that, you will be rewarded. Yeah, not for that. You'll be rewarded. Jumped as a little bit. But sure, this is. Oh, she's visiting her in her dreams. Yes, this is them showing oh. affection, right? This is them being. Yeah, this being is schemes. Fine. Okay, I understand now. String of string of nice almost endings at the end of this episode. There's a lot yeah. of like, it almost feels done but isn't blinks, as they wrap things up, um, which I guess looking at it now, gives me more respect for the overall narrative shape of this episode, in um, in spinning us around and um adding momentum adding adding some chaos factors but keeping us very contained and focused and pushed in the right direction yeah i'm pleased that percival will be joining my department yeah sheriff keller even if he wasn't already a cop is now ensorcelled (laughs) that's one of my favorite words i forgot how much i like that word it's just and Kevin, my boy, you're just not to be trusted anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And. Okay, so. We've got the reveal of this superpower. Mm-hmm. Um. It's nicely unstated, well, okay, but such a clear why, power reveal scene. Here's the thing. Why does evil Percival, who does not <laughs> like unhoused people, also hate the casino? <laughs> This is what I'm confused by. Mm-hmm. What are what are his rules? I don't know what his rules are yet. Mm-hmm. I don't mind mm-hmm. that I don't know yet, but I do want to know eventually. They're convoluted. They're not clear, and they're in that we we see the frame of the puzzle coming together. I think. Yeah. Because you're right. You're right. His his rules and his wants so far really don't make any cohesive picture. Yeah. I uh, yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Alice, have you learned nothing? I don't know, but this is a great shirt on Veronica. <laughs> this is a great shirt on Veronica. Alice is good for playing the antagonist. Anytime yeah. we need one. Anytime. Literally, on call. Anytime. Always there. Ready to comment. Ready to make it worse. Super down for making it worse. This is also so parental, too. Like, I'd love to see how you do on your own. Hmm. Yeah, in the That's in the condescending strange. parental way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, Which, great clothes on Reggie in this episode, by the way. Great cut straight to the abandonment of uh, moral aspirations whatsoever. Also, one, you, Veronica, you and Archie, you're the same here. One problem, throw it all out. Burn it all down. Underground, baby. So we're back to being illegal. All we're systems go. <laughs> I feel like Geraldo's name was spelled differently in the closed captions in the last episode. I think you're right. Also, yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Also, so he's Abuelita's Iceman. Mm-hmm. He's looking a lot like an investor in this here deal. Yes. Right? He is a player in this room. And that's crowded. So Archie is relaxing, watching television. Black and white television. Probably a famous piece of black and white television that we don't, I can't recognize. <laughs> um, he's just had his conversation with Jughead about Jughead's superpowers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's coping. Just going to relax with some TV. And then his sweetie shows up. She is weird. She's, <laughs> she's being having, weirder than usual. She's after. having a bad time. Did the serial killer hurt you? No. <laughs> Lost him in Maine. No big. <laughs> so I'm back for a break. Over. Okay. Yeah, plot lines in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll start saying when it's... plot lines drop off. That plot line went to Maine. Yeah, they're just hanging out in Stephen King's brain, waiting to be birthed. <laughs> uh... Which we can do. <laughs> Still can see the auras. Yes, all of our powers, we have them. <sighs> so. Mm, now I'm thinking superhero team mm-hmm. because because that Justice League walking shot earlier where yeah. I wanted to swap Uncle Frank out with like Betty, but actually Tony and Tabitha were both 
real good contributions to that. Yeah. I don't. But have superpowers, interestingly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tony's Tony has as much superpowers Veronica does. Which yes, I also expect to be tr- to be to be treated as and come as a superpower. Yeah, and we'll maybe have multiple Bruce Waynes. And Tony is Lois Lane. Wait, you mean Tabitha is Lois Lane? Yes, I do. Okay. Doughead Jones mind reader question mark. Oh, another little book. Satan had a book. What is what's going on? This isn't our first hit wall. Um, I'm reminded of Hiram's Evil League of Eagle, Evil in like end of six, season two, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying seeing Percival in um, outside of the appealing angle. Um, each of his public appeals have come with a nice, uh, sharp angle. Um, he's looked good. He's been shot good. He's been lit good. Sure. And a few times this episode, we got a flat-on camera of the mischievous face. Mm-hmm. That's true. I I don't know what's going to happen. That's how I felt last week, and I really <laughs> like it. I like not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, gang, um, we're here with you. Yeah. That was a fun one. Yeah, so far this season's, this is our back half of the season, back two-thirds, is really killing it. I'm into it. Here for what they're offering. Till next time, gang. All right, take Ta. care. Bye.